What is going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Thrive Forever Fit Show. I'm your host, Jay Nixon. I got a great one for you today. My client, Alyssa, and I dug so deep into the streets on today's episode, you're going to be blown away. If you're somebody who's ever thought that you can't, you shouldn't, you won't, it's too hard, you've been through too much, you got to listen to this episode. Alyssa's story is going to blow you away. Not from a transformational perspective. Yes, she's lost 30 pounds plus. Yes, she went from an 6'8 or an 8'10 to a zero. And that's amazing. I mean, that's really cool stuff. That's life-changing, transformational, physical stuff. But the emotional transformation, the mindset transformation is so unbelievable and so cool. And I know it's going to help you. So saddle up, settle in, and get ready to be wild. I know you're going to love this episode. All right, guys, here we go. All right, Alyssa, thank you for joining me today. I'm super excited for our chat because I know three things. I know that you and I both are going to disrupt the way people think. I know that we're both going to inspire some people. And I know that if you do listen to this podcast, guys, you are going to have the ability to transform your life in some capacity. I don't know what that's going to be but it will be something powerful if you listen and apply. So Alyssa, again, thanks for joining me today. Hey, thanks for having me, Jay. So we were just wrapping, and um, this is Alyssa's, Alyssa's first podcast, which is pretty cool. Very exciting. Thank you. Uh, it's, you know, it's really not that exciting. I mean, it's just, it's, we're going we're gonna to talk today, guys, like we would talk if we were at the studio or we were doing a call together or we were having coffee. And I want you guys to get some extreme value out of a few things. I want you to listen to Alyssa's personal story, her personal journey, because you might find yourself in some pieces of that. Maybe not all, but maybe some. And when you do find yourself in that, I want you to dig in and listen to some of the things that she did to make the transformations in her life. I think that's where you get the really, really extreme value. So disclaimer, Alyssa is one of my private clients. She's been working with me for about two and a half years. She is 35 pounds down. She went from a size 810 to a size zero. Those are really inconsequential, inimportant things. Are they unbelievably awesome and amazing? Yes, but that's not really what we're going to talk about today. But I always like to give that as a disclaimer. Um, the most important thing is I want Alyssa today to talk about her transformation, about the day she began working with me with the Thrive Forever Fit program, and then where she is today, because I know her story is going to just blow your face off. And I'm, I'm interested in you getting that experience today. So Alyssa, just first and foremost, why? Like, why were you ready? Why did you knock on my door? Why did you call me? Why did you email me? I don't even remember what you did. But why did you do whatever it is you did? <laughs> well, um, it was really funny because I'll never forget. It was July 5th and I walked in um, with my five-month-old baby in a car seat and um, he's my third child. And I remember just kind of setting him down and on one side of the studio, there are mirrors from wall to wall. And I think you were in a one-on-one -on -one session. And I walked in and said, hey, I, I need to sign whatever it is. I don't even know. I'm not even sure why I'm here. And I looked down at my kid and I looked in the mirror and it was just kind of, no, I do know because I, I don't know who I am right now. I went from three babies in four years, um, lost my first child all within five years of marriage. So it was a lot of um, uncertainty and a lot of just 
not knowing who I was and having a desire to, to know me again and, and be the best me that I could. Cause now I was responsible for these children that we brought into the world. Totally. Let's pause really quick right there. I mean, so what you just said is, I mean, obviously three kids in four years, you lost your first child. So let's just, you know, let's touch on the traumatic nature of that. Like there's no way that you probably could have known who you were after going through, you know, I mean, you went through a lifetime of experiences yeah. in, I mean, I've, I don't, I've never had a baby. What was it? Give me the, give me the quick math on that. So <laughs> four years is, I don't know how many months is how many, whatever, but in four years you went through the evolution and the feelings and the tragedies and the joyous times as well yeah. that most people experience in a 70 year lifespan. Yeah. We so, used to I mean, laugh, my husband and I, that it was like, each month of our life with our first child was like a presidency, how you see a president go in and they've got this nice hair and they're all vibrant when they're doing their, their intro speech when they've accepted it. And then their exit four years later and they're gray haired and you're not really sure what happened to them. That's kind of how we felt. Yeah. They just, they just look old and tired. Oh yeah. <laughs> That's how <Totally>. we were. <laughs> totally. And then you had two more kids. Yeah. Um, 15 months a part of the first and 18 months part of the next two. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, that in and of itself will make you tired, you know, not uh, yeah. to mention, yeah, not to mention all the grieving and all of the other things that, that you guys had to go through. So yeah. it's, I don't think it's any, um, it's any shock to you or the, anybody who's listening to me or anybody that you were a little bit confused just, you know, for lack of a better term at like really who you were are and where you were, but what got you there? Like, was it like, were you sitting at home and you're like, I need blah, blah, blah. Did somebody bring you there? Did somebody say, Hey, go see this Joker. Like what happened? So it's actually, um, insane jealousy would have to be the biggest thing. Um, yeah, I don't think I've ever told you this. So my, um, there was a group of friends, my sister-in-law and a couple others that joined one of the phases when you very first started. And, they were all hyped up about it, telling me about it, so excited, and they're losing weight, and I'm massively pregnant with my first child, and so jealous, because I'm just like, it was just going into summer, everyone's in these cute outfits, they're losing weight, and I'm pregnant, and there's nothing I can do about it, right. and um, when I was in the hospital with my first son and seeing them, hearing them, and they're so excited and they're talking about the community and the accountability. And I'm on an island by myself. Right. So that just kind of really made me think like, what is this? What is this program? And so each subsequent child, I had an excuse for myself in between each child, there was so much going on. But by Henry, um, Heather Potter talked to me and she was, she didn't, I don't even know that she invited me. She was just telling me about how grateful she was. And just, there's just a light from her. And I said, you know, I need to walk through those doors because I need that. Totally. That's amazing. Yeah. No, that's really cool. So I, I think that's the best way we learn, right? We learn from people when we're ready. I mean, even though you heard about me four years before that, and you were probably, you would have probably came in then if you could have, sometimes it takes a while for us to get to a position or a place where we're just really wholeheartedly ready. And Heather didn't have to sell you on anything. She didn't have to convince you of anything. Like she just needed to be, you know, conversational and then you were ready to make that shift. So 
I'm glad you did. I'm glad you, you walked through the doors. I'm glad that you were ready to make that change. And I mean, let's talk a little bit about, so I've already told you 35 pounds went from a size eight, 10 down to a zero. Yeah. I'm assuming that's a lot. Um, it is got, when you go shopping and right. um, you don't know what to bring in a dressing room. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. Which, and you know, th- those are amazing things, but I want you guys listening to understand that those are simple side effects. Yeah. Like, yes, what we do in the Thrive Forever Fit program is designed as a, a fitness and nutrition and weight loss and transformation program, but that's only because that's how I can get you in my door. If yeah. I told you that I'm going to help transform your entire life, I'm going to make you feel better about yourself, I'm going to whatever you would think I was some kind of witch doctor, voodoo, guru, whatever it is, and I'm none of those things. I'm just a dude who believes that everybody deserves to live their best life. And I just want to help people get there. So all those, all those things, the weight loss, the inches, those are just like side effects of what it is that we do. So Alyssa, tell me a little bit more about like, what are some of the other things? Like, I mean, anybody who knows you or seen you or seen you before and after pictures knows that you lost weight. I mean, that's a yeah. given. You can't deny that. There's nothing, you know, about that. But what are the other things that people can't see that have been transformative for you? I think one of the biggest things is um, confidence and just an overwhelming belief in what I can accomplish. Um, I didn't realize it, but now one of the biggest challenges of losing my son was losing myself, but losing a lot of self-esteem because we lost a child. Did we make the right decisions? Did we do those things? And then you come back and people don't mean to, but they go in, in different kind of pods. They either want to be your friend because of the drama of it. Um, They don't know how to be your friend, so they disappear. Or you have those friends that just kind of show up, but they're not really sure. They just keep showing up. And um, I'm so grateful for those people that did. But the look that you get from someone when you tell them you lost a child is something that affects you in a really huge way. And to me, it affected me and I felt judged kind of, oh, she's fragile, she's this, she's that. And I started to believe it. And so I started questioning um, what I could accomplish. And um, if I was a good mom, a good wife, a good employee, a good all of these things, because that's just how it, it was. And I put up this wall of, oh, I'm good, I'm good, I'm perfect, look at my beautiful world. But internally, I was scared to death and I had no clue what I was doing. I think a lot of us do that. We attach our identity to an event. And that sounds like it's what you did is, I mean, you attach your identity is like, you know, people are going to think I'm fragile. People are going to think I'm this. Um, Did I make the right decisions? Maybe I'm a horrible decision maker. Like you created this story in your mind based off of a situation, a situational event. And that story became your identity. And I mean, I would assume that, it showed up in a lot of other places, not just in how you thought people felt about you, but probably how you felt about people, how you responded to things. So tell me about that. Like, how did, how did that present itself in other areas? Um, I just, I didn't carry myself with the same confidence that I do now. Um, I, I didn't, I just didn't have the belief is what it all came down to is that what do you think I think that's powerful I want to really hit on that because I think there's a lot of people out there that don't have a lot of self-belief for Mm -hmm. some reason or the other it may not even be as tragic like listen I want you guys to understand something your tragedy is your tragedy right your pain is your pain it doesn't have to be as extreme as Alyssa's 
or it could be worse than Alyssa's. I mean, it's all relative to your perception of the event, right? Mm -hmm. So I don't want anybody to think, well, nothing that bad's happened to me, so I can't relate to this. Or I don't want you to think, well, gosh, I've something way more catastrophic happened to me mm -hmm. than that, I, and I can't relate. So our yeah. pain is individual, and I want you guys to understand that, and so don't get lost in the, in the details of that. But what is it about that that how did you gain the, through the program and through working through all of this stuff like how did you gain this new self-confidence because you said that a couple of times yeah i would say um i had the courage to ask questions and then also the courage to to say i wasn't okay and to be vulnerable um because there were just people that like i said before just kept showing up and so when I started looking at my community and who I was surrounding myself with, um, with like-minded people that were growing and they just kept encouraging me and saying, do you realize what you're doing? Um, you've created a foundation for your son. You have two healthy boys. You're, you're excelling in your career. All of these things were happening. And since I wasn't believing myself, I wasn't uh, keeping an eye on those markers of how truly good I was doing and I continue to do. And now that um, I saw that I could lose that weight and I saw a stronger person in the mirror, then I started realizing, okay, I need the insides to match what's on the outside and to be congruent with that. And that's really when I started looking at where am I holding myself back? Where am I getting in my own way? And, and how, how proud I should be of what I've done and where I'm going. Let's dream big because, hey, I keep hitting all these markers and yeah. I don't really know how, but they're all happening. So you better figure out how they're, they're getting there because your dreams are happening. I mean, you were, ne you were never really a, a quote unquote large person. So let's, no. you know, let's, let's, you know, let's tailor the conversation to that. But I think in hearing, hearing you talk, like the weight was more like metaphorical for the pain that you were experiencing through the tragedy. It was like almost like a, it was a barrier to get you to go to that next level. So I think losing it was, I mean, beneficial for you, but I think you gained more than you lost, if that makes any sense. 110%. And I couldn't agree with that more. Um, and and so, something else you did, I, I, don't, I don't want to lose this point because I just, I wrote this down when you said it, because I thought yeah. it was so extremely powerful, is what, you, what you're doing now and what you did when you became aware of it is you started to stack momentum. Yeah. Like you said, oh my God, I've done this. And oh, holy crap, I did that. And then all of a sudden, like, it got easier to stack momentum. Yeah. But before, you weren't even aware of your, it's like, so every Sunday in the tribe, in our program, we celebrate one win. Mm -hmm. And we all have multiple wins throughout the week. But I make you guys write down on, in a public forum, like, one thing that you won for the week. Because I want you guys to start stacking those wins and stacking momentum. And that sounds like what you, you kind of transitioned to that early on. Absolutely. And another thing I did was I started, it was a call. I can't even remember when, but you said, if you can't remember. I can't remember because yeah, I've right. probably done 5,000 of them. So, <laughs> but, um, it was look at your daily wins. And one thing that I really started focusing on is we don't have bad days. And that was something that I really focused on with my grief at the beginning is I'm not going to get stuck in grief. I refuse to allow myself this happened for a meaning and 
I won't have bad days. I will allow myself bad moments and I will cry and I will fall apart, but I will get back up. And so once that started gaining momentum and then I looked every day, I, w I didn't allow myself to say I had a bad day. It was, all right, yeah, you know what? Maybe today wasn't a win, but check out the last six days. This week was a win and then the month was a win and all these things, like you said, they just stack. And just like they stack, I just wrote this down. So the counterpoint to momentum is that despair, is that bad day, is whatever. Because I, some, somebody out there listening right now is going to resonate with this. Like yeah. you, you've had a bad month and it's because you've allowed those bad mm -hmm. days to like stack on top of each other. And you haven't had anything that breaks that cycle, that negative feedback loop. And so that's why one of the things that we work on and one of the things we teach is like the daily win, the weekly win, the monthly win is like stacking that momentum. And yes, you can do that on your own. You can make yourself a little checklist and whatever, but it's so much more powerful when you have a community of people that you can say, like, listen, we're all winning. Like it's, it's all cumulative. When I win, you win. And when you win, I win. And that's why I get you guys to do that in a public forum, because I think sometimes when I read the wins, I mean, there's hundreds of wins for the week. Sometimes I read that and it triggers in my mind, like, holy crap, I did that too. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it, it creates another win for me, which is like beautiful because now I've got two wins and then I've got three and then I've got four and then I've got five. And the next thing you know, it becomes second nature. Well, and also even bigger than that, it's you start realizing what you've achieved and accomplished. And I think so many of us forget, I mean, going back to just being a mom, I never gave myself the full credit that I grew three humans. Like, oh. That's a big deal. And then I brought them into the world. And then like every day I've shown up for them and been there with my husband and we've, we've made such incredible people, but we grew humans. Like that's a big deal. <laughs> and so if I can't think I can't do something right. like, no, I created life. I'm not well, God. Like, you know what I'm saying there, but <laughs> yeah, but we're, we are for some reason as humans, like we're predisposed or, or pre-programmed to downplay our successes. Like, yeah. We're not supposed to say, hey, I'm, a, I'm winning because that makes, that might make someone else feel like they're losing. Yeah. And so I, you know, we, we teach and coach and talk and live in this abundant world where, you know, your success has nothing to do with mine. If anything, it can magnify mine. So we can, there's plenty for all of us. And I think that's where a lot of people go south is like, they think, well, I don't want to celebrate this win because, you know, Betty's not doing really well right now. Well, in, here's my, here would be my suggestion is, talk to Betty about your wins. And so she can help, you can help her find her own wins. Yeah. You and know? just where to be grateful in the process and, and switching whatever like failures they perceive in quotations as, okay, but where's the win in that? Where's the, totally. where's the gratitude? Where's the, where's the meaning? Why did you go through that? Because it's going to catapult you into something so much better. Let's talk about the gratitude for a second. So gratitude is like a super hot button. Like, you know, it's, it's books have been written about it. There's podcasts dedicated to it. There's TV shows about it. But I, I think it's real true power and it's real true value gets downplayed the more it gets diluted. And Absolutely. so this is something that we've been doing for, I mean, since day one with me, it was probably one of the first things I ever asked you to do. Yep. Um, and it's one of the things I've been doing for the last, you know, almost 10 years is every day we get up and in our program and in our group and in our personal lives, we start every day by just writing down three things that we're grateful for. And that may seem inconsequential, but I can tell you when you do it and it becomes part of who you are, 
Like, just speak to that. Like, when I started getting you to do that, it was, it was, it's, for some people, it's weird at first. They're like, oh, I don't know. I don't know what I'm thankful for, you know? Yeah. So has, uh, has that had any power for you? It, it does. You know, what was really interesting is I, I'm a writer and that's how so many people learned about our foundation and our son is through blogging and other things. And then I quit writing. And for me, it was super powerful because it was a way for me to tap into what am I truly grateful for? And I, I would write and then some days it would be like, you know what, I'm just grateful for coffee today. And I'm grateful that it's even hot. And it was okay. I think some people struggle with, they need to have these big elaborate gratefuls or they need to, you know, it's, it, we say be, be grateful for the little things. And yeah. when yeah. you start being grateful every single day, you realize there is so much we could be grateful for. And I'm almost frustrated that it's only three. And yeah. there's been plenty of times I've said, oh, bonus thankful, because it's yeah. just such an awesome day where I'm so overwhelmed with gratitude at what I get. It's one of those things that, so I, one of my principles is this, like if you can't do the little things, you'll never be able to do the big things. It goes right along with this. If you can't appreciate the little things, then you'll never appreciate the big things because mm -hmm. you, they won't have the same power for you and the same validity and the same everything. What I see it do for people is it's, it's transformative in the fact that when they first start to do it, like you said, they're like, I don't have any, you know, I don't know, like I'm thankful for my kids. And, you know, they do the same thing over and over again. But then once they get into the process, they start to see, like, like you said, there's so much, there's so many things to be thankful for out there. Well, and I think, Jay, as you said that, I just thought everyone's story is different. Like you said, my tragic event that happened in my life to my son, my husband, and my son, Yes, it seems major, but there every single person I have talked to has been through something that just breaks my heart. Yeah. And so it's the same with gratitude. If you're thankful for that, it doesn't need to be ginormous. And some days, you know, we don't feel grateful, but when we look at those little things, you start realizing how enormous and blessed we each are, despite those things that we're going through. I'm going to share something with you. I don't even know if I've ever shared with the group or not, but I get some people who join the program that are um, hesitant to do their gratitude because they feel like someone is going to judge them for what they're thankful mm. for. Mm. And that seems, that seems, I mean, to, to, yeah. for, to me, that seems crazy, but I get it now. Yeah. And it's, here's, there's a couple of things here. If anyone ever judges you for anything you're thankful for, that person should be, you know, removed from your life immediately. Yeah. And you deserve to be thankful for anything that you're thankful for, if that makes any sense. And so never, it doesn't matter what you're thankful for. It could be the most obscure thing on the planet. And if that makes you smile and you love it, then by all means, like be gra show gratitude for it. And then other things will start to present in your life. So if you're one of those people, and this is a little long-winded, that is timid or afraid to like be vocal about like how grateful you are because A, you think, well, somebody else doesn't have what I have. Like you deserve to be thankful and grateful regardless of whatever it is in your life. Absolutely. And just even going out and sharing that gratitude is, you know, vulnerable is another huge hot button right now where everyone's saying be vulnerable, be vulnerable, yeah. but it's somebody else might be grateful for that. And you might find a new best friend and totally. what an opportunity if you're not sharing these little things that you won't, you won't have true relationship with people. 
Right. And to touch on that vulnerability thing, we talk a lot about that in, in the program as well. And it's in vulnerability. I think some people get confused. Some people think vulnerability is showing up and just dumping your problems onto the world oh, yeah. and onto other people. Like, well, I was really vulnerable today. And I'm like, well, that's not really what vulnerability is. It's really about you being authentic in the way you think, speak, mm -hmm. act, behave 24, seven, 365. Like you're not wearing a mask. You're not hiding behind a tough guy image or yeah. the, you know, the tough girl image, or you can't hurt me or, you know what I mean? Like you just drop all of your masks, you drop all of your guards and you just show up and you allow yourself to be present in a situation. And you're not really worried about judgment from anyone else. Like yeah. I don't, I, if you judge me, like I'm down with that. I'm cool. Like it's not going to change who I am or how I behave. And I think yeah. when you can get to that point, that's when true vulnerability is really powerful in your life. I couldn't agree more. And you've got so much to be, I mean, your story, as, as tragic as it is, the more vulnerable you're willing to live, like with that, you know, as, mm -hmm. listen, that should not be how you introduce yourself. And you don't. I'm just saying, but some yeah. people do. They're like, hi, Melissa, and this happened to me. Like, yeah. that's not vulnerability. No. Vulnerability is like you just showing up and being like wide open with, hey, if you want to talk about that, like I'm down to talk about it. Like, this is what happened and this is how I've handled it. And like, that's what's going to help people like get to a much better place. Something on that, the, the kids that you said something about like um, gratitude. I think yeah. I might talk to this on one of my last podcasts. So when I get the opportunity to speak to like brownies or Girl Scouts or these young girls mm -hmm. or even young boys, I always teach them our three gratitude thing. Yeah. And I just say, hey, get up every morning. I want you to tell your mother, your brother, your sister, your dad, somebody in your life, like three things you're grateful for. Uh -huh. You wouldn't believe, like, I'll be at the grocery store and the kid will be coming at me. And I, like, I don't even remember who they are. And they'll tell me, yeah. things, Jay, I'm still doing my gratefuls. Like I tell my mom every day. Or I'll meet one of the parents and they'll say, listen, every morning Susie gets up and she comes in my room and she says, mom, I'm thankful for blah, blah, blah. So this is something we need to be teaching our kids. Like, you know, yeah. it's, it's such a powerful thing. And if we'll put that in the forefront of our brains and the forefront of like how we lead our lives, like we've got such an un un amazing ability to just be better people and lead better lives. Yeah. My, my kids are still real small. They're almost three and four and a half. And it's something that we use with the four-year-old quite a bit where, oh, they just whine. It's brutal. And so I'll just interrupt them and be, hey, stop. Tell me three things you're grateful for. Tell me three things in this room right now. And it's, I'm thankful for my garbage truck. And I don't care. He's thinking something else besides whining about pants and the brother got this and whatever. And it's just, it changes the course direction and we can learn so much from it. So a funny story about, now which one of your kids is it that's in love with the garbage truck? Oh, that's Brody, my four-year-old. Okay. Oh, he's so hysterical. Brody is in love with the garbage truck. And if you guys know Alyssa, you follow Alyssa on social media, you've seen videos of Brody going bananas. So a little known fact about me, and I think I've probably told Alyssa this before. Yeah. When I was a little kid, I wanted to be a garbage truck driver. I thought it was like the coolest job on the planet. It is. Someday I'm going to rock a garbage truck. Like, so I get I have it. Connections like I, if you yeah. want to. <laughs> I understand. So I understand his passion behind it is what mm -hmm. I'm saying. And, and I dig it. Like, you know, I don't know if he's actually going to end up doing that when he gets older, but if he does, I mean, maybe he'll let me ride around with him. You know, I have a feeling the kid's going to like come up with some new way of recycling. It's yeah. all garbage all the time. He'll come, I need more trash. I'm like, no, no one needs more trash. For Listen, I like it. He's passionate <laughs> about something that we definitely need some help with as a society. And so Absolutely. he's, 
maybe he's going to be the next big player in recycling. Yeah, so we'll see. <laughs> Well, it was just a little sidebar. Yeah. So Alyssa, like, what would you say to somebody who's like, and listen, not about our program or anything about that. What would you say about somebody who just needs to take that next step of moving forward? Because I think so many of us are stuck. We're yeah. stuck behind stories like you were. We're stuck behind, I've got three kids, two kids, four kids, seven kids. Like, how did you get past like using excuses? I mean, because listen, nobody would have ever looked at you and said, you're making an excuse. Yeah. You, you could have been, you could have been, oh, Alyssa, you know what I mean? You could have been that girl for the rest of your life and nobody would have balked at it. No. That you, you could have got a pass is what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. You chose not sure. to take that pass. So what was it that you said, listen, I'm going to put the pass down and I'm going to really start showing up. Like what made you stop any excuses? Um, well, the biggest thing for me was focusing on um, my why and my purpose mm -hmm. and just really thinking, um, I have two other sons that are looking up to me and I don't want them to think that's okay. And I don't, once they're older to understand, I never want them to look back and say, Oh, my mom was always sad. My mom was always on the sidelines. My mom was always this. And, um, I wanted something better for myself. And I made a promise. My husband, and I, you know, made a promise that we would be the best parents we could be. And so, that means to show up and be our best. So um, I was, was thinking, I think so that's powerful. You just said something about your wine. I was thinking about this um, the other day. And it's, it's the fact that this, like you guys, you don't need to know the end result. Like Alyssa, there's no way she could even know the end result today. Or when she started, she didn't know that two and a half years later, she was going to be where she is today. She and I talking on a podcast and blah, blah, blah. But you have to know the reason why you're going to start. Yeah. So that's got to be good enough for you guys. I get people that come to me all the time and they're like, well, I don't know how this is, you know, you don't have to know. You just have to know why. Like you have to know why you are wanting to begin a process and that's, that'll be strong enough to get you going. Yeah. And don't miss out on your own life. Totally. I mean, there's so much that had I chosen the excuse of, oh, I want to sleep a little longer or, oh, I'm just tired or this or that. I wouldn't feel as great as I do to do cartwheel competitions with my kids, to do these kinds of things that just at the end of the day, I'm smiling and laughing and knowing I didn't, there's no FOMO on my life. Right. <laughs> well, and let's touch on that because there's so many people out there that, that um, I won't say use kids as an excuse, yeah. but think they can't do what they want to do because they have kids. So Alyssa has two kids, works full time. Um, has a husband, he works full time, like it's a busy family, like nobody's just yeah. sitting around getting to do nothing. And so it's all about like creating that life for yourself that you desire. And just what she said about like not missing out anymore, like there's power in that because many of you guys listening, you feel like you're missing out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's, and that's the biggest thing. I mean, my kids go to daycare, they're sick. Like there's, they just catch colds. We do these things and I remember at the beginning, it would be like, oh, I'm leaving my house at 4.30 in the morning. A kid's going to wake up. They're going to want mom. I'm going to have to be there. But, you know, they want dad too. And what a great opportunity for them to bond. And heck, I'm out of there and I'm not getting sick. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah, so I think, so many, I think a lot of women do this as well. Like they put, the, they put all of the pressure and all of the, um, you know, I've got to do all of this. Yeah. 
Um, and what we don't realize is I, my statement is always like, you know, the, he was there too. Yeah. You know and what I mean? And not only that, Jay, but what an awesome thing to let him be a dad. So many of us moms will bulldoze our husbands and totally. not allow them to show up when the kids are sick because, oh, they need mommy. And, you know, they don't get a chance to be dad. And so what a gift you're giving them by allowing them to show up when they're needed. I couldn't agree more. I mean, I, th- I don't have kids. So, I mean, I get to really kind of speak freely as if, you right, know, it's like Rudy a would be pissed if right. Lori, you know, didn't get an opportunity to come show up for him. hundred <laughs> percent. Rudy's, Rudy's my dear. Rudy's my dog for you guys that don't know. I don't have kids. So I get to kind of talk freely about what I would do. But yeah, I mean, I think that you have got, you have got it dialed down to a science now. It wasn't like that at the beginning. Like you had no. to do this because you put all the pressure on, well, listen, I got, I got to stay home because I mean, there's no way that my husband could possibly take care of a kid with a runny nose. Like he's not capable of that. Mm-hmm. Right. And you, t- we tell ourselves that as humans and guess what? He is, he can. No. And he, I had an awesome husband and he rocks yeah. at it, right. but I would get in his way and it's like, wait, that's yeah. not fair to him. And totally. yeah, I'm sure he'd like to sleep in and he would say, Oh no, honey, you can be up to wake up with him at four in the morning. You don't sure. need to go. if you if you give him that ability i mean he'll take it but you're also taking his power away by saying you know like you're not capable of you know you're not capable of handling this yeah and i think in getting myself taking care of myself and giving that self-love and being okay with um you know they call it self-care or whatever you want but giving myself that time to clear my thoughts work out journal and then show up for my family. I'm a better wife. I'm a better mom. You know, I'm just clearer. I'm not reactive to everything because I've, I'm just, I'm on, I'm, I'm awake and I'm ready to go. Unbelievable and powerful. I mean, right. So that's what everybody wants. That's what everybody needs is that ability to be the best version of themselves. And that's really what we're all about in this program. I don't want anybody to get confused that Alyssa joined my program and then the next day she woke up and was like, Ta-da. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> like, you know, we're, we're two and a half years into this. And yeah. I can tell you that the, the Alyssa that I'm looking at right now um, through my computer screen and you're hearing is not the same human that walked into my doors no. um, with the kid and the, in the car seat and all that jazz. I mean, there's been a massive transformation and I want people to not get confused. It's like, you've done the, you've done the work. Like you've done the, the little things to recreate your new story, your new existence, your new behavior, the new way you speak, the new way you act, the new way everything. And so I just don't want there to be a misconception that like you just showed up and like there was like some kind of fairy dust and, you know, all of a sudden. Oh no, it was, um, it was brutal, but I had to be brutal with myself oh. and, you know, figure out, they, they say, you know, you can move, you can quit a job, you can change your marriage, you can do whatever, but you're still taking you with you. And that's one of the most powerful things. And so it was, if I'm unhappy in any of those things, why am I unhappy? What am I bringing to the table that's causing it to be in a bad situation? And so the more I dug deep to change those things, the better everything else got because I was better showing up to those things. Had nothing to do with everybody else. Everybody else was great. It was me showing up. Listen, we all have stuff. Like we all have, you know, one of my favorite quotes is like, if you're talking about, I don't even know if it's a quote, but one of my favorite sayings is like, you know, people like, you know, 
think people with money are bad, like whatever. Here's the deal. Like we all have the same amount of problems. Having money just allows you to show up to your problems in style. Pretty much. And so now with the same context, like having this, these skill sets that you have now, they just allow you to show up your problems as a boss and be able to handle it as opposed to showing up as a victim and getting yeah. down by your problems. Cause we all have stuff. Absolutely. You're just showing up to your stuff with ready to go. Like you're showing up your stuff with a toolbox that says, okay, stuff like I'm going to handle you now. Whereas before you, me, we've all done it. We would show up to our life and say, well, mm-hmm. gosh, this is just how it's supposed to be. Yeah. And, and every day I don't, show up feeling like, I don't want to say it that way. I'd say I don't wake in the morning going, Oh yeah, you know, I'm the best I can be. This is amazing. Blah, 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 blah. It's still a step. It's still a process. It's sure. me. some mornings it's cold. I don't want to show up to the gym, but I show up. I feel better when I do. And if, if, you know, something goes left, it's not that I'm not going to be frustrated about it or anything else. I just know how to handle it better and bring myself into those situations. Or if I don't handle it well, I know how to course correct it and be better next time or show up and say, Hey, I did not handle that well. Where before I wouldn't call myself out on it because I wasn't okay with that. Well, I think you made a post today, yesterday, two days ago. I don't Mm -hmm. even know about forgiveness or something of that nature. And that's really what it boils down to is like, we're really horrible at forgiving ourselves. You're like, we'll beat ourselves up for like four days because we mm-hmm. acted inappropriately when, listen, I don't care how evolved you are or how many, you know, meditation sessions you do or whatever it is, like you do crap that you wish you hadn't done. Yeah. And so it's okay to forgive yourself and say, listen, I'm going to be better at that. And I think that's what you're saying is like, you know, you've allowed yourself to screw up and now you can handle it by saying, listen, I'm going to be better at that next time. Yeah. And just, live it with grace saying, Hey, we're not all perfect. So it's okay. Far from it. Before we go, I want to do one cool thing though. I want you to tell people about your foundation. Um, I didn't even think about this when we got on the call and I'm glad you kind of brought it up because I think if we could bring a little bit of awareness to what it is you're doing. So tell me about the foundation as if I don't know anything about it. And then give me like a website, give me some action steps that if this resonates with me, like I can take a little bit of action and, and get be a part of what you got going on. Absolutely. So as I mentioned, our first son, um, he had a very rare congenital heart defect. He lived for 112 days in Children's Hospital Los Angeles, had two open heart surgeries, cancer, and um, sadly, we lost him from respiratory failure. And I needed, my husband and I needed to give back in some way. There were so many people supporting our journey through my blog that we started the Lionheart Owen Foundation. And we weren't really sure where it was going to go, but for Owen's first birthday, I wanted to do what every other parent of a, their new child is throw him his first birthday party. So we decided to start six years ago with the first Lionheart Owen blood drive. And it was a way to do a gift of life in honor of his life. And um, it has since grown. We've done over... 700 units of blood. Each unit is goes to save three adult lives or up to eight infants lives. Um, and that's our main mission is collecting funds at these drives so we can give them directly back to families that are affected within the hospital. And 
make drawing awareness to being a donor, blood donor, organ donor, because that's how we had 112 days with him in the hospital. Had we not had those selfless donors, we wouldn't have gotten that time. Okay, perfect. What, um, what's the, can I go to a website? Yes, it's lionheartowen.com. We're also on Facebook um, at lionheartowen. And we do one blood drive a year. We also just started last year, Owen's Love Bomb, which is on the date of his passing as a celebration, we go and love bomb the second heart floor at Children's Hospital Los Angeles. We surprised the families that were there with a care package, gave $7,500 to the social workers to give um, monetary items to families with the highest need and then treated the staff to lunch because they, they work so darn hard to give us that time. All right, what if I don't live in the surrounding area where I can come participate in a blood drive? Can I, if I'm in Kansas, can I go to my local blood facility and say I'd like to donate in honor of blank? Like, what do I have to do? You can always donate in honor of our son and we, our hearts will explode. Um, to donate in honor of our foundation, you, you are, do need to be here local through Livestream. Okay. However, one in four people needs blood and only 5% of the eligible population that can donate actually donates. Okay. So it's something that one in four of us is gonna need blood and you're not gonna remember it until you need it. Um, so you can donate every 56 days and just save someone else's life and remember my son that I was grateful enough to share with you guys today. Cool, so let's do this. Let's, so if you're listening somewhere and you don't live here local um, where Alyssa does her, blood drives in, a, in Palm Spring, the Palm Springs area. Um, just go donate in the honor of Owen or someone that's special to you or just to be a good human. I mean, yeah. you, don't, you don't really need to say anybody's name. Just go do the right thing. So yeah, and so Jay, with that, um, they can also comment on your post or write a review about how they donated. And I would love to thank them. Absolutely. So what we'll do guys in the show notes, um, I was, I'm going to include the website. I'm going to include the Facebook page um, for Owen, for the foundation. And if you guys listen to this and you follow me, you'll have access to that. If you want to get in touch with Alyssa, I mean, hit me with a note. I'm sure she'd love to say thank you or anything of that nature. So with that said, Alyssa, I just want to thank you for your authenticity and vulnerability today. And I know if somebody listens, they're going to get some extreme value. And I know if they take action, they're going to get a transformational moment in their own life. And I think that's really what we're all about. And thrive forever fit and you know just our own personal existences so thank you for joining me today absolutely thank you for this time you're welcome all right we'll see you soon all right wow right i hope you guys were as blown away as i was by and listen i know Alyssa's story and i was still touched and moved by that conversation so Guys, if you want to dig deeper, if you want a little bit of what Alyssa talked about, you can check us out at thriveforeverfit.com backslash program. That is our Thrive Forever Fit program. It's our six-week program that Alyssa has been a part of for over two years now, um, having unbelievable transformational results and just living her best life along with her and hundreds of other people. So if you're interested in that, go check it out. If you just want to follow me on social media, you can get me at jnixon.thrivefitness on Instagram, jnixon on Facebook. You can go to thriveforeverfit.com, sign up for my newsletter. You can get me in all kinds of places, guys. But here's the most important thing I want you to, to leave with today is you deserve it and you can do it, and it doesn't matter what you've been through, 
you can be, do, and have anything you desire if you're willing to start to rewrite your story. That's really all we want. All right, guys, have a beautiful rest of your day. Love you, and we'll talk to you super soon. All right, bye.